Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. Uh, this week we're doing coffee talk with Moshi. Uh, gotten so much feedback on all the different platforms. Uh, you guys wanted some good questions to go towards Moshe around health and wellness and orgone and chi and prana. So I think we're going to do a little monthly segment uh, called Coffee Talk. And that's just, you know, I don't know how many of you used to uh, watch back in the day in the 80s SNL, but they had a funny skit where they had a bunch of New York, New Yorkish people of the Jewish faith talking to each other. They say, coffee to walk. And so uh, Moshi is a wonderful friend of mine. And growing up in South Florida, (laughs) even though he's from the Northeast, uh, we had many of the similar cultural upbringing. So I always like to make that reference. It's always good to be able to laugh at yourself. So we get into it. We talk about orgone. Uh, We talk about uh, homeopathics and uh, his new course that he's getting, uh, that he's um, presenting. And I have to say, um, this is probably one of the deepest healings I've ever had in my life. Um, I did a session with him, I guess, by the time you hear this, about two weeks ago. And it was... it. It revealed so much, and now he's giving a course. I think it's, I'm going to misquote this. I think it's Heal Thy That, well, I'm not even going to say what the name of it is. I'll put it in the show notes. But um, he's teaching people how to go through this discernment process, this questioning process, where you can get to the core of your own I guess, misbelief process or incorrect belief process, which then sponsors your physicality. So I wanted to help him out. He's launching the course next week. So I wanted to get this podcast out there for him. And uh, yeah, I I find his presence in my life and what he has to offer to the greater community (laughs) so valuable. So enjoy Coffee Talk with Moshi. Welcome, Dr. Moshe Daniel, to the Coffee Talk with Moshi, my man. Hey, man. It's good to be here. It's good to see you, my friend. Uh, I I just want to tell you, I want to sing your praises a little bit. Um, My wife, Mackenzie, I, you know, she's been like right here front and center with these back issues that I've been having. And she goes, you know, you should, you should have Moshi do a a Vice dialogue with you. And I was like, well, what about you? Do you think, do you think you could do it? And she's like, yeah, I, I, I just took his beginner's class. And I think this is like an ongoing thing. I think you should like, you know, go to the spring head with this. And, uh, man, I got my remedy today and I gotta tell you, even just meditating on the on the remedy for the last five days, I have to tell you the relief, the mobility, the uh, everything. Like I feel like I'm 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 coming back to myself, and I'm just so appreciative. Like I can't tell you how wonderful that that session with you was. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's my honor. Deeply, deeply, it was a very deep, moving um, session. You know, the practitioner is also 
rewarded by the healing power of nature flowing in the in the soup right so it's it was beautiful for me too and i'm so happy that you that you're feeling better i just want to uh, express one thing you you said you know the doc so there's two things that i do i do the v dialogue and i also do homeopathy the right. remedy that you're talking about is on the homeopathy side and the two medicines work so well together they work beautifully together like getting deep with somebody and understanding what their problem is at the subconscious level really informs the remedy uh, the homeopathic mm -hmm. remedy so they they do work well together you know so it, i i've had a couple of people in the last few days as i've been singing your praises to neighbors they're like what is the vis dialogue and I, and I yeah. it, it, you know me in my way i was just like all, all over the place <laughs> if you could if you, if you could simplify it if you could yeah like it. the uh, elevator speech right um <laughs> well you know the beast dialogue is is a method of counseling whereby the practitioner asks the client patient questions to get them to reflect deeper and deeper into their subconscious to recognize where their belief systems are not are unaligned with their truth, with the truth, and that is causing them their suffering or their their chronic disease. It could even be used for an acute, like an acute illness, but predominantly chronic illness is where it's where it's very effective. Mm -hmm. And that's the VIS dialogue. VIS, V-I-S, it stands for a power. And it comes from a naturopathic, uh, one of our, our idioms, you know, vis medicatrice naturae, the healing power of nature. So it's it's actually a, a dialogue that liberates the healing power of nature within the person when we release that that root of disturbance or dis-ease or delusion. It's a, It could be an illusion, mm -hmm. a false reality. When we release that, then the healing power of nature just comes into the person and resolves uh at the mental emotional and physical level mm -hmm. so that's one thing that you know often when people think of counseling they don't they don't associate counseling with healing chronic illness mm -hmm. they think you know marital problems uh anxiety or something like that and uh, uh but really that with this dialogue it goes so deep that we could get to the root cause of the problems in the subconscious mind mm -hmm. and i am offering this for the first time now i'm offering this course i'm offering it to lay people non-doctors because i've been teaching this with doctors for let's see for like 12 years now mm -hmm. um i'm offering it now to lay people to anybody interested could be other practitioners too to learn how to do this on yourself to learn mm -hmm. the process and how to apply it on yourself so it's very exciting uh the the website that that is um that represents that is council-thyself.com council-thyself.com wonderful so i i have to say i mean you the other day you definitely navigated us through a bunch of my egoic smoke screens and that's an amazing way of describing it. And we all have them, by the way. We all have those smoke screens, little stories, uh, defenses, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, man, I I would be just amazed to be able to be able to navigate that within myself. Like to actually have the capacity to see like, oh, wait a minute, there's the squids ink right there. 
that story, that superfluous, you know, verbose thing is actually, you know, the red herring. Let's, let's go this direction because what, without getting into any real, real detail, you got, we got to three false beliefs. Yeah. And those three false beliefs have, have repeated in three different cycles in my life. And I had like a part of the story, but I could see where my egoic pattern, my part of my bravado didn't let me, it, it, it didn't allow me to be vulnerable enough to actually see the, the, the two of the core false beliefs. That's so insightful of you. Yeah, right. Because I, and I know that the, I won't get into the details of your story, but what you've already mentioned, I, I feel like I could play play with, you know, mm-hmm. so your bravado is built on something, right? And, and that it's serving some purpose to protect you from your wounds. Mm-hmm. And so I could see how your bravado might cloud you from seeing some of those other, just like you said, some of those other beliefs. Right. Do you think all, do you, are you, well, I won't say think, do you, well, I will say think, do you think all disease comes from believing the wrong thing or having an incorrect belief pattern? I want to say yes. Um, There are some exceptions. There are some exceptions with chronic illness, like but even the exceptions you you see i'm hesitating a little bit the reason i'm hesitating is because even the exceptions have some mental component to it Mm. you know buddha said all is mine yeah or everything is mine and we 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 wrap we geeked out about this last time so everything everything that is manifest is manifest through mind right and and that includes our suffering so yes there, there are some exceptions though. So, I mean, we could, we could kind of get in the exceptions, but I'll just throw a couple out there. So one is a uh, heavy metal poisoning. So low levels of toxicity, not really enough, but a poisoning will cause disease. Mm-hmm. Now you can then get into the philosophical discussion. Like wh- why was the person exposed to that? What were the circumstances leading to that? Because injury um, you know, poisoning is a kind of an injury. Uh, injury has a lot to do with the chronic issue that a person has that manifests from their belief. Mm-hmm. So people will say, oh, yeah, but my problem, let's say it's paralysis or neck, stiff neck or whatever, it comes from an injury. Therefore, it can't be mental, emotional. But our body has the ability to heal itself. And if it's not healing, there's something stuck. So right. if you have a chronic problem from an injury, what is stuck is the mental relationship to what was happening just before or just during, and maybe rarely right after, but it's usually before or during the injury. Mm-hmm. And those stories are really fascinating to take a look at what, what is locking the person up from recovering. So that's one example, like the heavy metal toxicity injury is not really an example because the mind is very much present there, um, as mm-hmm. I just said. And then another one could be like, you know, malnourishment. Like literally the person is eating not enough food and they're they're starving. 
mm-hmm. or they have scurvy because they're a pirate in the, the 15th <laughs> century, you know, um, and they haven't had enough vitamin C, you know, things like that are, are other examples of chronic disease. But as we're dealing with in our society, it's rare, you know, people do eat like shit, but it's rare that the their food habits are really at the cause of their chronic illness. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not helping their chronic illness uh, to eat poorly, but it's really of secondary or tertiary importance in, in, the, in their healing. Well, if you can teach people the nuance of how to listen to themselves, like the way the way you were so detailed in listening to the little, the little BS, you know, things that I was putting out there and you kept bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. I mean, to me, that's just, it's going to be worth its weight in gold. I I really have to say just, I know I just took the remedy today, but I just think with, with you and I getting to the core and then me just meditating on that, I think that's like the majority of the benefit even before the remedy. Right. Yeah, I could see that. The remedy is just an assistant there. It it accelerates the healing that's already happening. Yeah. And that's amazing. And you're you're also quite an evolved person. You've done a lot of work on yourself. You've you've gone through a lot of your stuff already. So you you know, you have experience in your energy field of how to move with the truth once you get it, mm-hmm. which is a boon in your factor. Uh, some people might be, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh and then, oh, I'm not sure now. Uh, or they might get distracted by the world and they need a repetition of that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's also normal. It's just like sometimes people need to repeat their remedy. It doesn't act right from the first dose. You need to like chip away at it. Um, but it depends on how fluid your vital force is. <laughs> I remember 10 years ago, you got me a remedy or you diagnosed you diagnosed the problem. The remedy you prescribed was Ignis. <laughs> and I, di- I, I didn't even have to take it. As soon as I held it in my hand, like just, just having the remedy near me, like it was, it was, it was done. It was complete. That's amazing. And this shows you all is mine because, you know, there's a, there's this branch. I, I think we, we may have talked a little bit about radionics. Like you and I, we've talked about so many different topics that I forget if we've ever touched on radionics. Uh, we, uh, I'm a, I'm a radionics fan. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, with radionics, it's all about, it's all about moving your mind force through technology and amplifying it and and concentrating it and focusing it but it's all just mind force a master at the mind level say wouldn't need the radionic device they would just do it with their mind Mm -hmm. so we're doing that all the time we're doing stuff we don't always realize it when you held that remedy and it, you know, okay, so there is some force acting on you, but it's also you going, you know, ah, this is your mind is going, oh yeah, this is the thing. So it's like placebo. It's like the power that's inherent in placebo. Let's um, talk about that. Placebo, nocebo. Yeah. Like these are like, this is, we are like the ultimate biological radionics device. Like that's the way I see us. Absolutely. And our, our mind 
it, it took me a while to accept this, but our mind is the same as the mind of God. But because we we have so many beliefs and we restrict ourselves in in our understanding of who we are, and because our emotional field is blocked with our 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 issues, you know, mm-hmm. um, then we the way we use our mind is not divine. It's not godly. But really, there's moments in time when the clouds part, and you could see these amazing manifestations of power and influence and uh, healing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. That to me is placebo. So yeah, placebo, you go to the doctor, you give them power, they say something positive, mm-hmm. and you, you allow that to manifest through your mind. <laughs> They're not doing a darn thing. It's all the patient, the patient's power is doing everything in their mind. And then the opposite is the same thing. You give the doctor the power, they say something negative, and you use your mind to manifest the negative. Mm-hmm. how many stories are there about patients going they have cancer like they're diagnosed with cancer and they probably had the cancer for years undiagnosed and the doctor says oh this is very serious cancer you know prepare your stuff and then they die a, a, a few days or a few weeks later oh i i don't know if you know that i'm, I'm really good friends with this dr jennifer daniels She's the woman that popularized the turpentine cleanse. Yeah, yeah, oil of turpentine. Shit, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And so she goes, hey, if you want a longer life expectancy, don't go to your doctor. (laughs) She's like, literally like doctors, because we give them so much authority. This whole placebo thing is like we say, you're the authority. What What you say, you're wearing the robe, the white robe. You, you're you're my god now you say this and it just hits people like a, a ton of bricks yeah because they're giving their power they're literally it's a shame it's like people do this also in relationships right or in, in friendships or even in the public like they give power to people to determine like they they project on the person how they're seeing them how mm-hmm. how those other people are seeing them and they're acting accordingly, but it's all in the arena of their own mind. Like, no, first of all, nobody's thinking that, or even if somebody is thinking that they're thinking it through their own lens, which is completely different from your own experience. And so any of their thoughts or judgments towards you, even if it's that thing that you fear is very different than the way you actually fear it. Mm-hmm. So it's all in, it's all in our own minds. We're the judge, jury, and executioner of ourselves you know like and the nocebo effect is a great example of that you know what, they did could, could, that, could you define nocebo because i'm not really clear on it yeah nocebo effect is basically the opposite of the placebo where a doctor says you're it's an it's a negative consequence of a negative prognosis i see negative di- yeah it's like okay. oh you know this is really a serious disease you you know, pack your bags and you're never going to walk again. You're blah, 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 whatever the negative thing is, that's nocebo. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say Topher that they did a study, the nutritional Institute of America did like, a, I think it was something like an 11 year study. And whenever people say the number one cause of disease, they always say heart disease. And then I think cancer is number three. Number two is I, I forget right now. Um, probably should know that but i can't remember anyway after 11 years of actually studying it's medicine that's the number one cause yeah. of disease. 
Yeah, yeah. I what is it? Iatrogenesis. Yeah, iatrogenesis. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a shame. And and I mean, you you and I know where that comes from. This is intentional. This is this is orchestrated as part of the you know those that want to be in power. Of course, they're going to have a stronghold on the medical establishment, and they're going to try to eliminate any um, any competition. Mm -hmm. And com competition is just the knowledge that we can heal ourselves. Yeah, that's competition, right? So, yeah, I, I've been amazed. Where it really hit me was, I was dating a woman in Belgium, and everybody over there it's it's a socialist country and everybody loves their doctors and everybody is like you know full on and at the time i was like i was like oh i'm gonna be uh you know i was trying to see whether or not this was like a wife worthy person so i was talking about natural childbirth and all this stuff and i happened to be in front of her her sister and her mother and they're like, uh -huh. no, our our gyno just schedules schedules the the C section. It's unbelievable. And, that's that's not just there though. No, no, I know. This was 2014. And like, I'm like, what do you mean? And I think there was like, I think she had one other friend there. And there was like every single woman, not a single one of them had it in their mind that giving uh, having a natural childbirth. And I was like, am I in the land of the pod people? Like what's going on here? Like, well, that's, that's the, that is the big question. Like how, how has, I mean, we've been so alienated from the truth. So alienated from who we really are. So alienated from the most beautiful and important things, like the start of life, birth, natural birth, you get squeezed, you get your your auric field gets squeezed into your body as you come through the birth canal. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get all the healthy bacteria from your mom's vaginal wall. And that starts another level of lining your intestines with healthy bacteria. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there's no drugs involved. Like your mom's not all drugged out. She's experiencing either pure agony or bliss, but both like really open the heart because it's so intense for the woman. Mm -hmm. And there's this deep opening of the heart and a deep bonding with the child when it when there's a natural childbirth. And so then this child comes into the into life, you know, mom's drugged out usually, or or asleep, mm -hmm. you know, under general anesthesia. Uh, and just the child is cut out and no birth canal, no bacteria, healthy bacteria. And it's in a hospital setting most of the time, right? Right. Hospitals are, I don't know no. about you, but I don't, I don't feel so relaxed in a hospital. When I'm no, just the lighting, just the, the, that I just remember because my mother was an RN for 45 years and I would go see her at, at her place of work. And I was just like this lighting. Cause I could see the flicker, you know, how they had yeah. those, like the, the, ugh fluorescent lights and gosh it's terrible and just the energy it's all it's all fear-based and and it's all like perfectly sterilized there's no natural environment 
versus like you know maybe you're in a, a little baby pool or you're in the your bed in the comfort of your own home so that's where it starts and it just alienates us and then the rest of it is also it's been very cleverly covered um to convince us that you know we don't know anything you know you, you don't you don't know anything sorry we know everything and we're the authority on health yeah that's been a that's been an over 100 year long campaign by the american medical association by the way and, and obviously other medical associations too around the world um it's been a very it like you might say it's a it's a dirt just a dirty form of of business com competition yeah right? and like earlier you brought up the whole thing with radionics what was it Back in the early 1900s, you had people that were making radionics devices. You had different light, like uh, the 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 photo, the photobiology was talked about. Like people did a lot of things with photobiology. You had the homeopathy and the naturop. You had you had so many different avenues that you could go and and be worked on even the the whole thing with chiropractic and osteopath like all that like the body manipulations yeah and and man the rockefellers came in there and just just they, shut it down they shut they totally shut it down they did a very clever concerted repeated effort using some of like the nazi cia stuff where you just keep repeating a message to like convince somebody like mm -hmm. Goebbels talked a lot about that, you know, before, before um, the, the Flexner report in 1929 and, and a little bit earlier, like in just in the turn of the century, when spiritist movement was happening and mm -hmm. people were channeling and, you know, there was a real big growth in, in humanity at that point. And then uh, the Rockefellers came along, but before that, the American medical association, medical doctors were not respected. They were a ragtag bunch. They didn't have a very good. They were um, the true sna uh, snake, snake oil salesman. Snake, snake oil, exactly. They were. They were, and they were. They were still trying to sell ideas like, you know, toxifying the body to like control the symptoms and everything. They weren't making a lot of money, and then they had this campaign. You know, uh, a colleague of mine, his name is Dr. Rick Kirshner. He has this um, documentary called from healthcare to sick care, the history mm -hmm. of medicine or something like that. And he really goes over this. He explains that, you know, how the American Medical Association was, they, they just started this campaign that was funded by the Rockefellers and JP Morgan. Uh, and they, they systematically, first of all, they created a terminology. They, they neologize, right? They made up the word for unscientific, so that's interesting just to think of on, onto itself and also quackery. So just by qua calling, qualling, quaffy <laughs> talk about quackery. <laughs> <laughs> so just by calling something quackery, it's like the, the whole hashtag label something, you know, yeah. anti-vaxxer. Well, his is quackery and, and it's unscientific. They started to cajole the masses into believing this false message when they themselves are the greatest 
snake oil salesmen because their medicine is not based on any principles. Mm-hmm. You know, homeopathy is based on principles. Acupuncture has principles. Holistic counseling has principles. Healing has principles. But medical, uh, conventional medicine doesn't. It's just, okay, This we found this substance to really be excellent at um, dilating arteries and increasing blood flow to the brain. Oh, and it's really good for rock hard erection. So let's, <laughs> let's market it for, you know, impotence and we'll market it for, uh, you know, dementia. And we'll, we'll just, there's no principle there. It's just they observe what the drug does physiologically in the system. So, so it, it's amazing that you bring up principles and I've never heard somebody say that the allopathic medicine doesn't have principles. That makes so much sense to me. And also I, you know, I grew up in a family that had doctors, allopathic doctors yeah. and listening to the 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 training that they went through it was almost like like being mk ultra oh oh, that's brilliant by the way that's so true like the 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 level of abuse that these doctors went through abuse sleep deprivation um their professors like i'm not gonna name any names because i don't want to piss anybody off but um, my stepfather went to Johns Hopkins and has a lot of pride around it, but he's told me, and after he retired, he's like, I really feel like when I was in my residency, I, I, I was broken. Like they broke me a hundred percent. And you know what? In naturopathic colleges, they're doing the same thing. What? I'm working, I'm working with a lot of students that have graduated recently from the colleges and they're all traumatized by these uh, supervisors and stu- call, um, professors that are belittling them and, and bullying them and breaking their will. It's mm-hmm. like whatever poison is in the medical establishment is, is the same thing. And I, if I had to ga- take a guess now, like this is kind of new territory, but if I had to take a guess right now by a hunch, if, if you, if well, you you you'll understand this in a second. If you keep a person off from their center, from knowing themselves, and you mm-hmm. by, by like by belittling them and you know MK altering them, then they're easier to control. Mm-hmm. They they get MK ultra a lot easier because you're throwing them off continually from their center. There's no rest. There's not enough sleep. There's way too much study. Mm-hmm. Like like studying is not actually very good for your health because you're you're using your intellect so much. The brain is like sucking up so much like glucose and, and nutrients and you become disembodied. You become this walking head. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, this is, that's fascinating that you said that about MK ultra. And I, I, I will tell you, man, it's very, very real. Also in the naturopathic profession, uh, maybe not every college to the same degree, and certainly, I don't think everybody that goes to the college or the people in the administration are aware of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know where these directives, how they trickle down. I don't know how that little like scaffolding of the system works. But man, that's that is that's hardcore right there. That is hardcore. So uh, let's get back to to more of what you did. 
or helped me get to. Yeah. And I want to make this this correlation between radionics, chi, prana, orgone, because what 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 had happened to me was like essentially with the level of pain I was in, I the only thing I could do was sit there and breathe into it. Mm. And then it all those years of yoga like came back to me of like the deep pranayama. And I noticed I was like, oh my God, I haven't breathed this deeply since before I had quote unquote COVID. Cause whatever that was, whatever we want to call COVID, or you know, the only reason why I'm calling it COVID was because I had to get tested because I was traveling from country to country. Yeah. But I did notice a couple a couple of days before I came down with COVID, I had my little angel on my shoulder say, spiral breath. I kept hearing in my ear, spiral breath, spiral breathing. And so oh, cool. I, I started to hypersaturate my body with deep breathing. And so when whatever this Corona thing was that hit me and it, it knocked me like it really knocked me like literally to my knees and like mm. i <laughs> i i i had a I, I had a great hallucination for about two and a half days but what had happened was what had happened was when that hit me i couldn't breathe like i remember i was like i was just like I, I started to panic a little bit because I, I couldn't catch my breath. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, the spiral breath. Because when you spiral breathe, it's not about how much volume you're breathing, bringing in. It's almost about like the direction and the path of where, how the, how the air is coming in through your nostrils and, and, and flowing. Yeah. And so I just fell into that. And so I didn't hyperventilate and I didn't freak out. And then my body was already pretty saturated with oxygen or prana or orgone for, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of days before that hit. Right. Yeah. And so then the other night when I was in all this pain, I was just, I, I just went into it and I was like, oh, I need to, I need to breathe deep. And so I started to go into it. And when I was in college, I read this book is like 80% of all back pain is because you don't breathe correctly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And so I went ahead and I started breathing into it. And dude, within 10 deep breaths, I had gotten the pain, you know, let's say from like a nine down to a five. Right. Which was manageable. And right. I, I was like, okay my body is being saturated with oxygen and air and all the goodies, but I could also feel the prana in my body. Like I could mm -hmm. feel the prana doing its work. It's like, if anything, it like creates like an expansion in, in the field. Yeah. And um, I was just like, if this is what had to happen to me to get me back into my yoga practice, great. Because <laughs> right. I, uh, I was like, you know, I've, I've been knowing for a while that I was like, oh, I got to get back into some sort of routine that, that fits. And I know yoga fits me very well. And so 
what has your experience been with pranayama and yoga like relative to your to your like maintenance and upkeep of your system yeah that's a great question um i mean yoga yoga changed my life you know before i i, I studied yoga I was a little bit like biased against it because I I was uh, I really remember <laughs> yeah yeah I was identified with a Jew being Jewish and Kabbalah and I was like oh yoga that's for other people I was judgmental about it you know mm. and then I got really sick myself um, with a second a second round of myasthenia gravis it was much worse the second time it was very deep. And it went into different issues. And the first time, the first time had to do with me believing I needed to be perfect. And when I shifted that, I had a spontaneous healing. 23 years later, I got sick again and it had to do with different issues. And I was, I, it, it knocked me down, you know, like the illness really knocked me down. And I, you know, people have been telling me for a long time, you know, read the book Autobiography of a Yogi. And I was like, okay, okay, sure, okay. And probably a dozen people told me to read that book. And I, I never read it. And then mm -hmm. I was exercising. I was already starting to feel weak with the new bout of illness. And I saw, I think it's called Awake. It's um, it's Paramahansa Yogananda's like uh, kind of a documentary was on Netflix. And I really, I was ready for, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And thank God, I mean, I'm so grateful for the knowledge that I got through yoga because there was something missing in Kabbalah and I was spinning my my tires, you know, I was spinning my wheels in the same place. I wasn't growing. I was wasn't it too intellectual. Um, you mean in Kabbalah? Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily, but not necessarily because there are lots of meditations and stuff. But what I was missing is the whole thing about the self. Because you don't really hear that in the um, Judeo-Christian, like it's very um, uh, bhakti, you know, it's very like worship of God and God is, is there, you know, you point at God over there mm -hmm. instead of it being the self. Right. And, and the self is, is not the egoic separate self, although that's also part of God, right? But it's the self that is pure consciousness, the I am that is the basis of all experience of any thing in the whole universe mm -hmm. so that's what i'm talking about in case anybody's wondering about that so anyway so when i got i got into the the the, the philosophy for me is the most edifying and the most enriching mm -hmm. because it has it has helped me go leaps and bounds into into my transformation uh, but the pranayama itself is amazing it's amazing i have so much endurance like I can carry a kid and walk up a very steep hill and put them down at the top of the hill and be like, not even really winded when I'm in a, a when I'm in decent shape, you know, not exercising a lot and not not exercising at all, <laughs> just <laughs> decent shape. So that's pranayama helps a lot, and my my teacher. Um, the one who initiated me, Marshall Govindan, he's, his, uh, his name is also Sachidananda. Mm -hmm. And he has an ashram in Quebec. And I, I'm from Quebec. People travel all, the all over the world to find this ashram. And um, actually, a funny story. I was looking for some somewhere to study Kriya Yoga. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like looking all over. Oh, no, it's so far. And I found this place. It's just, it was like a hop, skip and a jump away. And it's a very good, very good establishment. Um, so, yeah, so he, I learned a lot from him. And I don't know if I, I, I'm forgetting to connect some thought here, but it was, it was great. The pranayam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. He basically told me, uh, Marshall Govindan told me that, um, pranayama is the key to self-realization mm-hmm. it's inspiration oh interesting yeah it's literally inspiration it, it's literally inspiration yeah it, it's yeah. i the deepest natural i guess you would say godhead experiences i've ever had were through pranayama nice have you ever have you ever done holotropic breathing or done any Wim Hof method? Not Wim Hof, but I have done what you might consider holotropic. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but I've done um, uh, breath work. You know, I think it's yes. the same thing, breath work. And I have it's it's amazing. It's like basically getting high off yeah. of your chi. Yes. Yes, and it's really really good. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that what what's interesting is is that the breath this is cool this might be fun to to geek out about a little bit here because when you have holotropic or wim hof or or pranayama uh or your breath work you go over here you're you're breathing a lot actually continuously and then Mm -hmm. over here when you go into samadhi when the when the mind slows the breathing stops Mm mm-hmm so they're different. They're di- very different forms of breathing. One is breathing a lot, and the other one is breathing not at all. <laughs> so this is great. This is like, I'm so glad you brought that up because I noticed when I lived in the ashram, I would get into these deep, deep, deep states of self. Like I would be in the eye, like the big eye, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be breathing. That's samadhi. That's in fact, in fact, what would bring me out was breath. Like what would snap me back was breathing. And so it was really funny when I rejected that because I was mad at the guru and then went the other route, the more phenomenal route. And I was like, uh, you know, holotropic breathing, Raja yoga, da, 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 da. <laughs> Dude, it was like the difference between ayahuasca you know, which would be like the deep, like the the pranayama, and like being with really good peyote. Uh-huh. It was like the grandfather, the silence, like the the Ramana Maharshi. You know, the greatest teacher of silence. Stillness. No breathing, stillness. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. That that's deep peyote. And yeah. then over here you have the ayahuasca, like. <laughs> You know, like you're just going, going, going. It's just like, ah, it all just gets pushed to the surface to be seen. Right, right. They both get you to that, to that end point of like, ah, okay. This is mind. This is mind. Like you brought it up earlier. Like this is, this is just mind. It's temporal. This is temporal. Mind, mind. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. It's mind. Yes. It's all just mind, right? And 
And the you thing is, is that you're like not identified with it at that point. Like you, there's space between you and mine. Right. And then that's like, well, if I'm not mine, what, what am I? Who am I? Well, that's the question. That's the, the question in, in Janana yoga. Nyana yoga. No, say it correctly. I don't know. I'll, I'll never say that correctly. How do Nana. you say it? Nana? Nana yoga. What happens to the J? Is it just silent? It's silent. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, if you're that, a nani, they, they would never say Janani. <laughs> no, no, right, right, right. Nana. Nana but, yoga. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So in Nana Yoga, that's the question, man. That's the question. What's the real what's a real trip? And this is what I never got in Kabbalah. You know, all my studies and everything, I never got that. And I'll tell you one other thing that I got from reading the I got a lot of things from reading uh the book autobiography of a yogi but there was something else that i got that actually deepened my understanding of kabbalah which is weird right but i'll, I'll explain that in a sec um i'm just uh i'm just smudging a little bit I like to smudge sometimes on it so that the um that i never got that from from kabbalah this idea like you're the witness you are that i am that you know the the mm -hmm. disciple of um See? ramana marshi Yes, yeah, uh, Nisargadaha Maharaj. Yeah, Maharaj, exactly. So he he's his whole thing is I am that, you know. And it's not just his; it's it's common in in the whole um, Advaita Vedanta world. Mm -hmm. But I never thought about it, and and I've had opportunities to witness my my this guy, you know, Moshe Mosheing. I witnessed Moshe Mosheing, so I'm like, wait a sec. Again, if I'm witnessing. Mm -hmm. This guy, Mosheng, who's seeing that? Right. <laughs> That's, and then you, exactly, you have separation. And when there's separation, it really brings uh, suffering way down to almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, if there's pain, if there's uh, emotional struggles, if there's mental struggles or torment, if you can witness that, that alone is very helpful very helpful so here we had the prana the other night i'm like breathing deeply the prana i'm using the term prana yeah and i see prana just so you know where i'm coming from so we're we have definitions yeah i see prana chi orgone as all being interchange interchangeable i agree okay so in this breathing well in, wait a sec wait a sec let me just one thing add one thing here um prana okay so as it ref relates to the to us when it flows through our pranic body you know in in yoga the second body is prana maya kosha right yeah. so it's it's literally made up of prana mm -hmm. so that it would be chi because that flows through the acupuncture meridians and that's the same as prana yes and that exists outside of the body as well, but it right. has a special organization inside the body. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's governed by the five principles that exist in the emotional field and the mental field. And certainly in the five senses, it's a reflection of all that fiveness. Mm -hmm. So yes, yes, yes. And orgone, you know, Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know if I've ever established organ as the same as chi and prana, um, but it, it could be. I mean, Wilhelm Reich was all over the idea that organ, like he got the word or, organ from orgasm. Mm -hmm. 
because he equated it largely with the sexual energy and the sexual energy is very vital. It's very, it's creative force. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're in, I think we're in the same, a similar ballpark there. Yeah. yeah. My, my, I had a mentor in who was a chiropractor when I was first starting my massage practice and he would do, he was a, a Qigong master and he would do this exercise and he would see like 40 patients a day. Like this man saw so many people a day and I would see him roll. Like he would do this. Like imagine if you had like a, like a small little pumpkin in your hand and he would just do this roll and he would be bending his knees going side to side doing this roll. And after like four or five minutes of this, like, I swear to you, when you look at his hands, his hands looked huge. And at first, when I first saw it, when I first looked at it, my friend and I were joking, we called him penis fingers. Because (laughs) we're like, God, like, you know, his hands are huge, but he was like my size. There was no reason why his hands should look so huge. And then one day I just like, after working with him a bit, I grabbed his hands. I was like, his hands are the size of my hands. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he's like, I I put on a surrogate hand. He's like, I build, I build the chi and I concentrate the chi in my palms. And then I envelop my entire system. But because my main interface is with my hands, that's the that's the that's the core of the energy yeah it was and he he was a miracle worker like at least from the accelerating and you know doing all the things from a uh from a bone setting perspective like he was a true bone setter right and uh just brilliant brilliant man and that's when I was first being introduced to the notion of, of orgone through Wilhelm Reich. And he, he was the one that said to me, he's like, Oh, that's just chi. <laughs> right. He's like, he's like, that's just chi. And, and I, I liked that. Remember I, I had that talk with Dale Pond. Yes. And, and for me, that was so, it was so rewarding because here's this guy who's been in this field for so long and studying, uh, um, John Keeley's work and, and not just John Keeley but also Walter Russell and a mm-hmm. lot of brilliant Schauberger he studied Schauberger and tons of other like brilliant scientists the real scientists you know mm-hmm. and he he helped it unify it all like so yeah 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 that's that's the the neutral center that's um, scalar waves it's the same thing as scalar waves it's, and that's the energy allegedly I say allegedly because I'm I don't know a hundred percent if I if I I haven't experienced this myself that radionics works on it works on the the neutral center so you know everything we're talking about chi we're talking about prana yoga Taoism yin yang it's all about masculine and feminine balance it's yes. everything boils down to that everything um and so when 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 you have the you have your mask and you have your feminine when they're when they're balanced together they create a neutral center mm-hmm. which is both and neither of them they're neutralized into oneness mm-hmm. so it's like the no thing space it's it's like no thingness mm-hmm. in a in a way although it does have a bit of manifestation in that it's the child so it's created still 
um, but it, it it is neutral center. It's uh, scalar waves. It's it's um, uh, I mean it's God mind you could say, and that um, is is all I have to say about that for now. I think. Yeah, in polarity therapy, my my instructor in that, she was a she was a I don't even know how you say it. She was downline of Dr. Randolph Stone. And when I saw, when I first started learning polarity therapy, I'm like, oh, this is just Ayurvedic massage, just rebranded. It's the balance between the feminine and the masculine pole. Right. Like that's the whole thing. And so, and so I, I'm totally with you on that. It's just like, it makes so much sense. It totally uh, does. Have I told you my harebrained idea about making my new house a big orgone accumulator cloud buster? You have, and and I want to give give you a little bit of word of caution. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, okay, so you you're living in the house, and that could get really intense, right? All this, all this organ going on. I I want but Moshe, to... what could go wrong with all this energy being channeled at one of your mojo cells in the very? Oh, nothing. <laughs> it just it just might accelerate things intensely. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. I actually wanted to bring this up. When there's a high concentration of orgone, dimensional reality, physical reality dimensions are are modified. They're altered. So when Savannah and I, we had our first house in uh, in the country north of Montreal, I built an, an orgone accumulating wall. Mm -hmm. It had like seven layers of like really intense, like, and you could feel this thing coming off of the wall like a breeze. It was like a breeze. It was so strong. Mm -hmm. And that's how I built a couple of organ accumulators with this. This I have a couple of tricks to make them uber strong. Mm -hmm. um, and if when I would walk in that room, the dimensions were like 10. It was like 10 by 12 or something. But it felt like it was 15 by 20. It was huge in there. Mm -hmm. and, and it says that in the... Um, there's this uh, midrash, you know, in uh, Jew, a midrash is sort of like a. It's not the oral tradition. It's like these these commentaries that are often very like uh, sometimes supernatural, like the midrashim in in the Jewish uh, Jewish tradition. So there's a midrash that the Ark of the Covenant was in a room that was. Um, I, I'm going to misquote how many cubits, but forgive me for that. But Let's say the Ark of the Covenant was three cubits long and the room was five cubits wide. Mm -hmm. Well, you can measure two cubits on each side of the of the Ark. That would be seven cubits. It well, was exactly. But the room itself was five cubits. Ah. It had this, the Ark of the Covenant channeled this huge amount of. Nice. Know, yeah. Of chi. And probably getting into the scalar neutral center, so that it just blew open that whole thing. So anyway, Sabea couldn't couldn't tolerate being in the in that room because it was too much energy for her. Oh wow! How did so, your how did your body react to it? Well, I mean, I get like if there's too much orgone, you get a little hot and agitated, like you need some fresh air and stuff. Like if you've been if you've I've, I've fallen asleep in my organ accumulators and I wake up in the middle of like going <laughs> like I'm so hot and so saturated with chi that I need to get out and I need to breathe a little bit. And then it just feels like, oh, OK, 
So you, you, you don't necessarily want to expose yourself to really high concentration of orgone nonstop. So here, I have a question that's from the chat. Cause I, I told people that I was going to be talking to you and I asked them, yeah. I asked them to give me some good questions and sure. here's one that's specific to what, what you're bringing up. Uh, this comes from Pasquale. What would you consider the most orgonically, etherically powerful item in existence today and why? Wow, what a question. Orgonically, etherically powerful substance today and why? Yeah, it said item. Yeah. And item. I know my, my feeling right away went to the pyramids in Giza. Yeah. I think so because they were made with such crazy intention and an amazing technology and they, they has very powerful manifestation for healing power and stuff like that. I would, I would think that uh, aside from the philosopher's stone, but the philosopher's stone is, is like, yeah, I mean, it could be an equivalent in a sense. I don't know if you ever read this story, but there's a story of a guy, I don't remember his name. But he went on tour. He went on a tour in the pyramids of Giza, and he was in like the inside of the the big one with mm -hmm. the, the king chamber and stuff. And he hid around the corner, and you know the guards like they all like the tour left, and he stayed in the in the king's chamber. I think this is how the story goes. And the guards locked up and everything. He was left overnight, and he got into the sarcophagus, the black yeah. like obsidian stone sarcophagus, right in the king's chamber. And he was laying there and he heard like a giant footsteps going boom, 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 boom. And it was getting closer and closer. And he felt this presence coming closer and closer to him. And he was freaking out. Like it sounded like this giant Titan was coming near him. And he realized mm -hmm. it was his heartbeat. Yes. So it amplified his heartbeat tremendously. And he, I think he, he, he let go of his fear and he like probably went into the, the causal plane, mm -hmm. uh, scale wave place, you know, neutral center, stillness, no mind. Mm -hmm. And he fell asleep. And when he woke up, he was covered in white powder. Ah, he had the Ormus. Yep. He had the mana from heaven. He had the mana from heaven. He, he cashed out. And I think he he was like freaked out. So he got up and he like brushed it off. No! <laughs> I'd have been like on the ground with a little like brush, like gathering every. Dude, every... I'd be I'd be doing Ormus Schneef. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be sucking. Yeah. Make little, make little exactly. lines. Where's my credit card? <laughs> <laughs> I need a C note, y'all. I need a C note. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's that you know the earth itself and the sky is pretty powerful too as an etheric thing like connecting with the, the sky and connecting with the earth ground. i think within the context of this because these people are asking about devices oh yeah oh devices yeah because yeah, um i don't I, know i'm gonna have to think about that one my vote is the is the mojo cell with with charged with a tesla pancake coil oscillating circuit with weissman's new water inside that thing 
New Water. Oh, New Water. Oh, that's that's cool. All right, now you're talking. Because New Water has this incredible potential. So if people don't know what New Water is, you want to let them know? You want to tell them? So apparently when you make a plasma arc with Brown's gas, the plasma arc, when it hits any type of conductive surface, you will end up getting a little bit of off-gassing where he estimates about half of the off-gassing is actually coming from the machine. But the he, he says the other 50% is some sort of water condensate like it, it it creates a condensate that is technically new water like it's the it's yeah. the it's the water from fire which is like one of these like absolute like at least in the all the archetypes that i was into as a young man like i loved the whole notion of water from fire and fire from water so well, here that is primal the primal steam exactly and so you're creating i see that in so many people's astrological charts when you have a fire sign with a water sign I'm like get ready for pressure <laughs> but like <Yeah. laughs> so the that i don't think it's just an electric because first of all the the flame is electric right exactly it's because it's electric a with a thermal component to it yeah, that's right. That's right. So there, it's it's firing hydrogen ions, and that is breaking down the metal that you're trying to like because people are using that to weld. So weld dissimilar metals. Weld dissimilar metals, and you can weld like stainless steel things that would require tremendous heat in a torch, and and the the torch itself with welding with uh, Brown's gas or hydrogen and oxygen. Mm -hmm. It's like you can even hold the, the nozzle in your fingers. Not not a long time, but it's like you would not be able to touch that at all. No. You would instantly burn yourself. So it's just basically the Brown's gas is, is water, H2O, if we want to call it that. I don't know if water is that. but H304, easy. What? Okay. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so it, it breaks up into its constituents of hydrogen and oxygen and recombines when the, when it when you light it, it it recombines to some degree and that is new water it's virginal water straight from the fire right like right. that and it has pure potentiality precisely um to, like water in general has potential to store intention right like masaru emoto's work homeopathy mm -hmm. you sit there and you think something in the water and the water takes it on um our we're 70% water so our our pranic field and our mind are and the water in us are totally working all the time. And, th and this is a little bit like what you probably discussed with Thomas Cowan, Dr. Thomas yeah. Cowan, right? So, yeah. So the, you can take that pure water and with your intention, program it into anything that you want it to be, maybe within reason. What um, Back in the day, with the, in the middle of the mojo, you were using bismuth. What yeah, was, what is the, is it the most, is it the second most dielectric? Diamagnetic. It's diamagnetic. Second, you know, bismuth is the second most diamagnetic substance next to pyrolytic carbon. Nice. Biochar, baby. <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs> exactly. I mean, 
you want to have a very like zero oxygen environment. I don't know if that's, yeah, it's possible. What if and I, anyway, yeah. Pyrolytic carbon is the most diamagnetic and bismuth is very appealing. It's, it's on par with mercury. It's a little bit more than mercury, but mercury is also very diamagnetic, but it's also mercury and it's, you know, it, it, it's mercury is like a trickster. It, it's poisonous. It floats around. It, it, anyway, what if what if I fill a mojo with the finest, like every single one of the spheres, fill it totally with pyrolyzed carbon? Do you think that would that would be a pretty in well, what you would probably want to do is you could get, you know, nanoparticle pyrolyzed carbon and then suspend that in new water. Ding, 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 ding. Holy shamoli. That, that would be shocking. And not only that, but you program the new water. You say you our love you are the balance of yin and yang of of the great father and the great mother and in you are the christ child union of opposites and and you will just allow your your presence will be a conduit between the higher world and our world to just let love pour into this space you program that new water with that so i have okay so i have my 18 inch thick walls of earth that have a coil going all the way around going up nine feet then they terminate into these full oak tree logs 24 <laughs> of them oh my God. with a copper that comes all the way and they that terminates at the center where we have a mojo cell with with a nano pyrolyzed carbon and new water in the very center Boom. No problem. No so that, problem with that. That that to me is gonna be so it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be really beautiful. And who knows what it's gonna do, right? It's, because it's, it's, remember my idea of what I did in Costa was I took those you remember those shitty paper cone cups that like when you go to a doctor's yeah, office yeah. you get the yeah. water in. Yeah. So yeah. I was making my my little I, instead of making or organite pyramids, I was making orgone cones because I felt I had bought uh, these magnets, these one inch diameter magnets that were cone magnets. Yeah, you told and, me. And I felt how much stronger those were than the pyramid magnets. So I was like, well, OK, if the cone concentrates the flux that much of the magnet so much. How is this going to feel with the organite? And dude, it was the same thing. I like, I'll do the fucking Pepsi challenge with anybody. You take the same mass of a pyramid and then you put that to the same mass of a cone, especially at the angle. I don't know exactly what the angle was of yeah. these cones. And like everybody could feel it's like, whoa, whoa, that's like big. Cool. So what I was thinking was I wouldn't. You know, the ends of the oak trees are like eight inch diameter. I wouldn't make cones that were that big. I would still put little cones, but because they're my my floor joists and they would be in a perfect radial pattern, there'd be 24 of them. And we'd set where you'd have true north, true south, east and west. And then you'd have 
you know, you'd have um, each section Four. would have six. Six, six, 12. Yeah, there's 18, 24. 20. Yeah, there's yeah, 24 yeah. in total. And that's, so that's good. That's good. <laughs> 24. Okay. Exactly. And, and then so then you'd have these like orgone caps on the wood, organite caps, these conical caps. And I was fantasizing. I had this dream. I was like, oh, yeah, build the prana. And like those would glow <laughs> like lighting. <laughs> Maybe it will. Now, don't don't forget. I uh, I don't know if you're getting to this, but the earth, the, the sky and the earth connection too. that. That's right. Super right. I haven't gotten there yet. I've just okay. on the first story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then you go up to the second story and then I build the spiral roofs. Right. And so the spiral roof would once again be 24 whole tree rafters. And then that would come to a cupola. And what you were talking about is like, you know, we we're talking the whole electroculture thing. You put an antenna there, right? Yeah. Face facing south. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then I'd bring that down. And then I don't know. How, well, it'd be easy enough to route. I'd have to route that 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 conductor through a conduit, right? So that they, like there was no interference um yes that's right like you you don't you don't want to you don't want it dissipating energy except where you want it to go so you want you definitely want to have a nice insulated wire there yes 100 percent. and so would i where does that go to the cathode or the anode um the pot well you consider the the sky positive and the earth negative so you would want to have the earth negative on the inside i guess you would call that your anode mm -hmm. and then your cathode you, goes to the positive to the sky i love this i love this oh man you know yeah i love it too i think it's going to be awesome and so you're going to get a very slow trickle of energy building up with time mm -hmm. and that's i find that beautiful because it's very slow it unfolds like nature and your you know, the, the having the nanoparticleized or small particles of pyrolytic carbon in, in your water will help to conduct electricity. And you know what, because graphene is nano pyrolyzed carbon. Have you ever looked into the prop properties of graphene? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not necessarily pyrolyzed though. It's just, it's just a single sheet of the hexagonal uh you know rings of of carbon i i looked into how they actually create it and um i only looked at two manufacturers because i had a client that was that was looking yeah. into graphene and she wanted me to like check it out and the way they use these massive electrical arcs to create the graphene that's interesting. We have to do a little caveat, uh, uh, you know, proviso right now for anybody watching. We are not Illuminati and we are not promoting graphene oxide intoxication <laughs> of the population. I'm, we're, we're, we're just answering this question from, from past Polly. Okay, I have another yeah. question here. All right, all right, cool. Okay. No, wait, wait. So, so just to finalize the amazing vision, you're going positive sky antenna. You're grounding the earth. In deep into the earth, that negative potential is going to be meeting in the mojo 
which is not fully connected, but is close enough to the outside of the mojo that it's going to flow and make this beautiful juice between heaven and earth. And, and, and get this too. The, the first story is a perfect circle. Perfect circle. Yeah, yeah. The second yeah. story is 12-sided. And then it's actually covered by a it's a reciprocal roof. It's a vortex. Awesome. And so I'm using whole rounds, whole trees. So you have this whole effect. Like there's like there's something about having a full round of wood instead of something squared off. That's amazing. And you know, oak tree, oak is big in alchemy, right? Da 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 ding 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 ding. And it's it's white oak here, so it's very strong. It's it's incredible. So amazing. I, I'm so I can't wait to to feel to sit with that and meditate with that. That's wonderful. Okay, here's a here's a question from Dream. How can the cloudbuster function be integrated into the construction of a house? Cloudbuster. Have you ever built a cloudbuster? No, I haven't. But it's it involves. I mean, if you're talking about the original Wilhelm Reich Cloudbuster with the copper pipes and very high, energy, very high. Uh, we built one. I built one. But it has a lot of it has a lot of electromagnetic field radiation. It has a big EMF, so I wouldn't recommend it in a house. Well, I w I was posing it because I originally, you know, put this out to the community that my house would be a Cloudbuster. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, look at this. Okay, like. A cloudbuster originally is you you want to have it channeled in some body of water. Yes. It's pipes pointing up to the sky and you have quite a bit of voltage and current flowing through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's no it's not like a little, you know, science project for a two year for a, a grade tour, you know, it's a pretty intense project. Yeah. And I would not recommend having that in your house. I just wouldn't. Okay. Um, there are some technologies like there's this amazing lady, there's a group of ladies on on the on Facebook and they have a plasterite group and they teach how to do, there's a different form of uh, cloud busting. Um, maybe I can grab this over here for a sec. Give me a sec, all right? Okay. I have another, another kind of a cloud buster here and this is pretty gentle. So it's, um, okay, let me see if I can, ah, it's so heavy. All right. Okay, this is step one. Can I show? All right, one second, almost there. So basically, um, let me just show. We're gonna go. We're gonna go off forest over here. So here, it's over here. You have this is a piece of plasterite. It's a big cone, like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And there's I put a crystal in the top. And then there's a, there's a, an extension cord here that I wrap around. This is a, a hundred foot extension cord. Mm -hmm. And I just tape it together with a, a okay. duct tape. And then it's plugged into the wall. And the end is, is actually plugged into my uh, rock salt, my rock salt dump lamp there. You see that? Oh, great. Yeah. So it has a flow of electricity and it's giving, it's sort of neutralizing the field of the, of the whole house, the, the electrical system uh-huh and um so it's that's another form of a cloud buster and when you make it you put your mind energy your mind force into the plasterite 
while it's setting, it's super easy to make plaster. It's like um, it's like a gentle form of uh, or organite. Yeah, I, I find it's like more feminine. It's more. It's so lovely to put your hands in with the plaster of Paris sand, mm -hmm. and you put some salt. And I also put magnetite in, and then you can put crystal particles. You can put whatever you want, and your mind and love intention. So these things are supposed to also be cloud busters, but but not in the same way that the or the the original Wilhelm Wright cloud buster is. I is that is the angle of that cone specific? Uh, it was the angle of the um the pylon that I got. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've actually pylon. I was like one of those giant like highway pylons, you know. Oh, that's great. I don't I'm... know exactly what it is. It's pretty sharp. That's that's awesome. Thank that's, you. I, I love that idea to have a coil like that. That that's perfect. Yeah, it's quite simple to do. It's and it's low cost. I like simple, low cost things, you know? Yeah, you do. Yeah, man. I, it's it's total Schauberger esque. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we 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 have another question from John Cooley, uh Orgone question. Thoughts on either living in an Orgone dome home or having it as a healing dome to use in congruence with other equipment. I imagine the orgone being fashioned similar to the layers in the box, the or in the in the box accumulator, just dome shaped instead. Would that yeah. amplify harmful frequencies from the environment? And is is there a preferred shape to to use and build? I mean, you could probably get in on this answer too. I will say again that I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend a house, uh, an orgone accumulating house, orgone accumulating house. I would not. Maybe you have a chamber, like one of the rooms in the house could be an orgone accumulator, but you would probably not want to stay in there beyond like a meditative practice, or maybe you do yoga or you do your pranayama in there. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, it could be you could get used to it and just thrive. You'd be like, wow. But the concentration could get really high in there, like four to six times the regular orgone prana concentration. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. So you'd be like really like saturating yourself. And and the shape of the dome, I mean, dude, that's your forte. Domes, you love you you love domes. <laughs> yeah. So the, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, the two shapes, like what I found is when you build a lancet arch dome, which looks like a beehive. Um, it's the, it's ha if you're to take the vesica Pisces, cut it in half and then spin it, that's a lancet arch and that's the beehive dome that has the male signature to it. Um, it projects, it, it pushes energy out, um, by male. That's what I mean. It's the positive. It, it's like radiative. It, it radiates. Exactly. And then the hemispherical domes, which most people, you know, like an igloo or a buckyball or one of my star domes, any of those, that's the feminine energy. And mm -hmm. it, it's the convexity of the, of the hemisphere that concentrates to the middle. Mm -hmm. So we've done sound tests. I've built sound studios in both a Lancet arch dome and a hemispherical dome. The Lancet arch domes are much better if you're inside uh, toning and singing uh, than the hemispherical domes. In the hemispherical domes, it's impossible 
to stop everything from concentrating to the middle of the dome. Yeah. And so um, what is really cool, my my last property in Costa, I had a hemispherical dome as the protecting cap over my Lancet dome. And then I had the male in the female. I had the male actually in the female. And when we did that, the ceremonies that we would have in that space were just like, like you said, the male and the female were brought together. And it was like, it, it felt so good. It was some of the best experiences I'd ever I'd have, had ever had. Wow. I, I can't say that I like living in the dome shape. Um, aesthetically, it's not what it's not a driver for me. Like I like curved buildings, but I don't like just like a big boob out there, you know? And I think, I think aesthetics are important. Um, So for me, and it's also not practical. Like the walls are all just like sloping, you know, it's, well, it depends. Like I build, like if I'm building these for as a home, the dome is two stories. So the curve doesn't even start till till oh, a second yeah, story you, you know what i'm saying so yeah 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 you use the second story more like a mezzanine or a bedroom in the first story all the only curve you're experiencing on the first story is just the wall curve yeah i get it and so that actually has a really nice feel to it i i really like that so you know i i you know you brought up this plasterite cone that you built <laughs> Like it's this very, very long steeple. And I remember the uh, the work of Viktor Grabevnikov talking about how in Russia they were doing those with PVC yeah. and, you know, bringing water to the steps, to the steps, you know, of Russia with the, that, like, you know, 78 degree what was it 72 or 78 degree yeah like the nubian pyramid the russian pyramid i think it's 70 um 70 degrees Could they were doing it with cones like i saw like the pictures they were cones. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah and um that has you know the higher the steeple you know the higher the that needle i think there's there's something to that that brings you know a whole different amount of energy so you know, the client that I'm working for right now, they're, they're they're wanting to like, you know, engage the, let's just say it, the divine feminine. So everything I'm designing is more on the hemispherical side of things instead of the, the more masculine. They're, they're missing, they're missing out. I mean, the the divine feminine is awesome, but if you don't have the masculine, I mean, you're kind of deluding yourself because they're like, you can't separate one from the other. So the idea of like isolating a divine energy is strange to me. It's kind of strange to me. Um, but I, I wanted to tell you a story. I So I, I I actually, my father built one of my designs. It was uh, the, the exact uh, dimensions of the pyramids of Giza. I, I mean the angle, not the size. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed Coffee Talk with Moshi this week on the BioCharisma podcast. Uh, this fu- this upcoming week, well, before I get to what we have on the docket, I got, <laughs> I, I'm uh, in the show notes, look up all the different ways that you can link 
to uh, Moshi's course if you want to take that. Uh, my wife has taken the beginner's course and she's hooked. <laughs> and she doesn't get hooked on much. Like between Moshe's teachings and uh, a bunch of things with the law, that's about it. She's the the ultimate shit tester in my life. So that's it's a really good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, check out uh, the... I have an affiliate link, so just... For all full disclosure, if you guys do sign up for the course, you're, you're going to help the podcast out, which I appreciate. And uh, you're going to help yourself out even more. <laughs> I got to tell you, um, I had very serious complications to a back issue. And just by getting to the root of my my misbelief process that started at age seven, um, I'm like back to gardening and <laughs> doing it. Like I was literally, I could not move. Like I was, I was stuck. And now I'm, you know, I'd say I'm about 90% back. So this is wonderful stuff. Um, yeah. So check out the link below and, uh, and definitely if, if you have the means, you know, go into it. Cause I think what we're going to experience in the very near future here is, part of the resilience model, part of being the decentralized resilience model is that you have to have the capacity to take care of yourself and take care of your loved ones. And between Dr. Moshe Daniel, between Dr. Daniels, you know, Jennifer Daniels, between the work with Shield Tangri, everyone's pointing to this thing where you have to have a, a certain level of self-awareness. You have to have a, a certain level of diagnostic capacity uh, to be able to bring yourself to a state where you can manage without some external authority. And so that's really the goal of this whole podcast, whether it's in health, physical health or consciousness or, um, you know, gardening, whatever. It's just a matter of like, you have the the ability to look at the world in an objective way and discern what's happening and then act appropriately. So thank you for joining us this week. Next week, I think we're going to have three podcasts for you. Um, so yeah, we're going to have, uh, geez, we're going to have Dylan Sicoccio on, we're going to have Curtis Stone, um, Curtis is launching a, a program too, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun. He's gonna die. He's gonna diagnose whether or not we made a good purchase here in Missouri. Um, uh, here's a hint: we did. And uh, yeah, we're we're gonna continue to to just crush around here. So Dylan Sicoccio will be on later in the week. That was a monster epic podcast. We had about four hours worth of recording so i had to split that into two parts so get ready for your for your earballs to be filled up so thank you again for all your support um you can support us at uh, topher hq slash donations uh we'll put in the link the uh chat the the bio charisma podcast chat this last week we had over a hundred new people join so thank you for that and one of the ways you can support us is just share you know i i uh, am getting to have excellent guests and uh it's just it's just a wonder this is just a dream come true for me so thank you guys so much for your support and uh i look forward to seeing you next week I can tell.